0: What is up, Mavs Nation? Bobby Carell here with another episode of Numbers on the Boards. Like I said yesterday, Skinweight is out of town, so I called upon some of my best friends in the media, uh, Tim Cato, Doyle Rader, and Johnny Opping, to join me for a kind of a roundtable edition of Numbers on the Boards. It's a two-parter. This is episode number two. Uh, Part one came out yesterday, so if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and give it a listen Uh, What we talk about on part two isn't really related to part one, so you can listen to this one first if you'd like, but I would definitely recommend checking out the first part where we talked a lot about the NBA draft. On this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the summer, the Mavs future, maybe roster building, uh, contending timeline plans, uh, as well as looking back and sharing some of our memories from the 2011 championship run and talking about some of our favorite players that have come through this organization over the years, both as members of the media and also just as fans, as, as appreciators of this great game of basketball. So like I said, make sure you check out part one before or after you listen to this one. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy some hoops talk from four of the biggest geeks in the business. This is Dwight Powell of the Dallas Mavericks, and you're listening to Numbers on the Boards with Bobby Carla, and Jeff Skinway. Carla. Dwight, dude, you get one job, man. It's Corelli. Uh, okay, so Doyle, you said earlier you made a good point. Your point was the player they draft on draft night may or may not, because they're not going to draft any other player any other time of year. You're going to draft them on draft night, may or may not influence their summer plans. So for example, say they draft a center, they might not want a center free agent. Say they draft a small forward, they might not want a small forward. Or they might just say, Hey, we draft a center, we want another center as well. Like it it doesn't always dictate everything, but No, it doesn't. It does make sense that if you draft a point guard, you're probably not gonna sign a point guard. Like last year they drafted Dennis. They didn't sign a point guard. They signed other players. So
1: Collinsworth is technically a point guard. He was technically but i
0: <laughs> when he was a mid-season acquisition. there you go tim c fact checks man this that's that's the proper journalist um so I, i'm gonna we're gonna role play a little bit here independent of the draft uh you guys are the gm of the mavericks right each of you somehow it's like a three-headed uh what's the cerebrus? is that the dog the three-headed dog? You're on your own here. Okay. Well, well just a Hydra or something? A like Hydra. Yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> We're you, a Hydra. You guys are a Hydra. <laughs> you think individually, but you guys are the GM of the Mavericks. What is your goal? And by by that, I mean, what is your goal for what you're going to be able to accomplish this summer? Are you trying to – there's kind of a couple different roads they can go down in this choose-your-own-adventure novel that we call life. They can choose to try and compete for a playoff spot. Right? Which would lead you to think that they're going to make these kinds of moves. They could say, hey, you know, we, we want to see what the young guys have, kind of like last year. We want to give Dennis a lot of minutes. We want to give our fifth pick a lot of minutes. We want to give a lot of minutes to 10 to day guys, see if we can find a couple that's stuck, like Collinsworth, for example. Uh, see what Jonathan Motley has, these other younger players. And you can go that route and might maybe try and add another young guy next year. Or, you know, you can go a couple other different ways. So, what is your. What is your decision? You have all the power as
2: uh, as as my third of this uh GM Holy Trinity. Yes. I uh Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> holy Trinity is is the uh is the one I'm going to go for maybe here. not holy, just say Trinity.
3: Uh, unholy.
2: Unholy Trinity is fair. That's Hydra. that's probably more fair considering <laughs> Hydra, Hydra uh, for considering sure. us and our life choices. Yeah. Um I I would say that and and again, this is not necessarily the way that I think the Mavericks will go. Uh but again, this we're is if in charge of the power. Yes, yeah, you I, have this the This is power. if I have the power, I would I, I would be f- very focused on building up these young uh these young players, uh young prospects. I, I don't think that the team needs to lose as many games as they did last season. Um I think that would actually be very hard to do with the players they have on the roster. I would not artificially speed up the timeline to go get a, uh, you know, a, a big name free agent. The big uh, fish thing. Yeah, you know, I, I would not s- try to speed that up by, by getting a big fish in, uh, in, in July. I, I think that you can examine every move by themselves. Maybe there is one that, out there that would make sense. Uh, but for the most part, I think that artificially making this team better by, by you know, really pursuing people in free agency is, is not the way that I would take it you know i would definitely be focused on building up these young players giving them lots of minutes and if that team does win 35 or pushes for a 40 win season that's okay yeah, well, i mean
0: that's kind of what they were doing last sorry johnny that's kind of what they were doing last year really and they they almost did win a ton more games than they they they, they should have they, they had, they had, had a won 24, but a historically
2: yeah. bad record in close games
0: yeah. so
3: that's what you want to happen this season does that mean in terms of what you want them to do this season is the answer this off season, is the answer just nothing basically
2: I mean, I th- I think you can target a young player or two. I think you can fill out the rotation a bit, but I I don't think that any I I don't think that you should be supplanting any young starters in in your starting lineup. Sure. Um, the weird thing about in. this
0: summer is that so like, you look at the the obviously the biggest name like LeBron is a free agent, but I I don't think it's fair to say that the Mavericks are going to be in that conversation. Kevin Durant could be a free agent, but he said he's going to stay in Golden State. Then you have, like, the DeAndre Jordan, DeMarcus Cousins. Those are kind of, like, the big fish guys. But then you get to restricted free agents, which are the younger players, and those are kind of the big fish too. Like, the main restricted free agent names are Aaron Gordon – Julius Randle, maybe Zach Levine from Chicago, but they're all like quality players at their position in this free agent class. So it's kind of like Clint Capella how, as well. Clint Capella as well. Yeah, thank you for that. So how do you, you know, it's it's hard to target those young guys without also targeting the big fish. So uh, I, there's uh, like 150 free agents or something. We we can't talk about all of them, but uh, what you're saying is. Don't invest a ton of finances into one guy that you hope can take you over the top. You're saying,
2: Don't let's, get let's take our time a little bit. If, if, if there is a RFA situation where you have a young player who you think fits your core and fits your future, then yes, I'm okay. perfectly fine with that. Okay.
3: So, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I, I agree and disagree with that strategy. I mean, I, I agree with the, the basis of it. And to me, you target the couple players whose development is the most important. And to me, that's Dennis, Barnes, Powell, and whoever they draft. So those four should be, you know, it would be a a disservice if they didn't get the proper time to develop this season. That said, you know, um, if you believe in them, if you believe in who you draft and you believe in those three players – then you expect them to get better, and you expect them... If you don't, then I don't know. I mean, then that's not good for the map situation. They don't believe in them. And then, so if they're getting better, then there isn't anything wrong with the team also getting better. So if you can add a player that will not take away from those four... You know, because I'm not worried. I mean, if you find a 10 day guy like a yogi, and you want like that would be a nice bonus. But you can't go into a season hoping that you just keep getting because you're you're making very small strides by doing that. So if you can, you know, if you know a player like maybe one of those restricted free agents, if you can get them, um, and and they don't interfere with a plan, if you think that they're a nice fit with Dwight Powell and whoever you draft and Dennis and Barnes. Uh, then it would be good if the team won any 10 more games. If it won 15 more games, that would be good, I think, uh, because you're trying to believe in the players you have, and you hope that Dennis can get a lot better, and you hope that the rookie is going to be a foundational player. And so I think, like, and the other thing, too, is, like, I know, yeah, like, you don't want to strike out on on a big name, and, and the Mavs have done that in the past, but I think... When they did in the past, it was a lot more frustrating because they could have, they had, they could have been better if they if it was had something set, like really if at they it aimed just a little bit lower, they would have had a really good team. But they cost themselves by going after that. I mean, like, I'm not saying go after LeBron, but if there's a big name and you want to see if you can get him, the time wasted not getting him doesn't really cost you that much. And so you know, if you can add a good player to that core and it works out. I don't. I don't see how that's a bad thing if you believe in that play, If you think he's worth the money, giving it. Essentially,
2: so. you're you're being as good as you can with the young core you have, yeah. and then it has a matter. It kind of works itself out from there because if if that young core is not good, that means that they will lose games and have another higher pick. Yeah. And kind then you have a chance. That's the Philly thing. That's exactly. the process I mean, you have a chance right. to make that young core better if that young core is not good enough to win right. games. Obviously, if they are good enough to win 35, 40 games, then that means they're good and that means you probably have enough going forward that you can, you know, trust this core. But
3: there's, like, a fundamental difference between, like... So if you believe in your core, I don't think you do what Philly did, because Philly didn't... Philly was just gambling on players that were injured, and they were waiting for them, and they assumed that they would be great once they all got... And they kind of all... They all emerged basically the same two-year time period, you know? And so if if you have... Uh, if you have these players that you think are good, then you want them. You're gonna find out that they're good by them winning games. So you can't really, you know, um, like if I guess my, my my argument of those those four players being part of the Mavs core, Philly situation a few years ago, they would have gotten rid of those four players. They wouldn't have held on to them because they don't, you know, if or if they had if they believed in those players. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't have been tanking with them. I think there's a fundamental mm-hmm. difference. If you believe in players based on evidence you've seen on the court, then you're not tanking. They were tanking from the get-go, and they believed in that process over any of the players that they ever had on their roster. And so you until you re-
0: stumble into Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and, right? And, and that's
3: that's what they were hoping to do. Yeah. And, and the so they never believed in any of the players they had before then. You can't really have it both ways. You can't believe in some of your players and then tank. I think that's where that's what a lot of of fan bases sort of think that you can do. I mean, I, there's a little bit of compromise there. I mean, you can and you can do it halfway through the season. I mean, a lot of teams do that, yeah. but you can't go into that as a strategy going into an off season. I think. Don't. I mean, so,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of this comes back to timeline. Like with your core, um, right? It really just depends. Also, the Mavericks have a lot of money. Exactly. They are sitting on a bunch of money. So I fully expect This summer
0: and and next summer is next summer is bigger, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean so I fully expect them to be in the conversation for a number of these marquee players like regardless of whether it's a good idea in terms of t-building or not they're going to be movers and shakers oh, we're not oh, talking about the them we're talking you you're the you're the hydra right now oh well wow. there's stuff you can
2: do with cap space that does not include sign marquee free agents you know yeah throwing that out there obviously there are uh, you know
1: salary that's whatever you can sign players no matter what i mean <laughs> that you can just work things out but yeah, if fair. i'm doing anything it really depends on what pieces i have and you know if i have these same pieces um man it's tough like it's tough i don't necessarily see what the future holds because you're looking at Barnes's contract is up in 2 years that if as gm i'm already thinking about that like and in terms of what kind of future development i want to have on this team like so if I'm looking at it, it's this draft, and to pair someone with Dennis, but with all my cap space, I'm gonna go chase something, because I don't know if these older veteran guys are gonna be around on this team in the future. So if the goal is to win, and I really think it should be to develop, but if I was to lean towards winning now and trying to make a push for the postseason, I'm gonna go sign, I'm gonna go sign somebody.
3: So, yeah, so let me pose this for you. Like, if you were, like, you're kind of hinting at, like, well, we have a 19, we have a 20 year old point guard, and we have a rookie, an a, a oncoming rookie who we hope that will be very good for yeah. the Mavs. And so, by the time Barnes' contract is up, Dennis Smith is 22, and that rookie might only be 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say, we we feel good about them, um I mean, and we don't know what's going to happen with Barnes. It, maybe the Mavs would love to retain him. Maybe sure. maybe He's a great someone guy. else <laughs> tries to get him. I mean, it, it, we don't know what's going to happen either way. Um, so that like it, it's I think Mavs fans don't want to hear this because of how many times the Mavs have struck out, but then why except unless you just get the call from the agent that he won't even say yes why would you not go after a marquee free agent now just because if you could get him because would it matter that much if you struck out does that make sense at all no yeah and i like, think
1: that's i think that's just
3: fine like go <laughs> we, <for it>. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what matters? What? What? <laughs> what even matters? <laughs> yeah. It's a fair approach. Yeah. Yeah. I think that going in and knowing you're probably gonna strike out in a player that caliber. Sure. I mean, w- when it's kind of just when it, <laughs> yeah, when it doesn't matter, yeah. then yeah, go for it. I yeah. think it's different than striking out and a marquee free agent three years ago when there's more immediate need. To so, so,
2: to be clear, the type of free agent you're talking about in this scenario is a Paul George, is a LeBron, you know, so, I guess well, LeBron James is the... Like you're I, talking I us, like the but, big, big, but, big... Well, so, so I, you're I mean, not just saying a DeMarcus Cousins coming off a Achilles tear. That so, is... Well, I mean, I think he's, he's, still a, he's a
3: different... Max. I guess he's a... Like, that's a different evaluation. I mean, it, if you just evaluate that... If your evaluation is that his injury isn't going to... Is going to hold him back, then that's just its own decision. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like... And I, I'm not trying to be... Ridiculous, I think. I Paul George is like, yeah, no, I don't. I'm not saying the Mavericks should start preparing to court LeBron James, but I think that uh, you know, if you want to take half and, half of your day in July uh, to talk nice to Paul dinner, George, yeah. then you know, Head why wouldn't Sam's? you? Because. Can I be invited to <laughs> that? My assuming guess is that it is a half part day. Of the, <laughs> yeah. of the As, is, as much <laughs> as
2: we're talking about, it and I agree with you, I think it's a very quick half day. Sure. And oh, yeah. And, and I, no, I, no, I it absolutely the, is. But I, think, I don't think there's anything wrong well, with it. I, I yeah, agree with you're saying. I, I guess what
3: I'm saying is, like, and maybe I'm overstating this. Maybe people don't feel this way. But I think because fans have been scarred by striking out. Absolutely. Is that the idea of striking out would be embarrassing. And there was a point where it was – I don't know if it was embarrassing, but it was frustrating – and now, I mean, it's like, you know, why wouldn't you, you know? Um, yeah, go kick if, the tires. If, you know, if, it's, if he's even willing to listen. Mm. And then you kind of can work your way down. I don't mean work your way down in every one, but the ones that you'd be interested in complementing the core that you have, mm-hmm. I would say you go for it because uh, good players get you closer to where you want to be at the end of the day. And so if you can, you know, if you can get some and you because ultimately you the Mavs are hoping to build on Dennis and this traffic. So mm, anything yeah. you can add to that that would be good is I mean it makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, I do want to correct you on one thing. Getting you said getting that guy is the only way to get to where you want to go,
3: right? No, no, no. I'm saying that it gets, you, it gets you closer. It gets you closer. It gets you closer. Yeah. It, it gets yeah. you closer than just waiting and hoping to, all I mean, I mean, I am kind of no like I, I know what you mean. into no, an no, anti-tank not. rhetoric of like, you know, but it, I think that uh, we are at a point where winning more games, people are like allergic to that idea when I, you're bad.
2: Yeah. The the one thing I'll say about tanking, I, th- I think we've reached, I think this team has reached a point where it will no longer be effective unless they did something radically different with their roster. Yeah, uh, I absolutely. think this is about as low as they can drop. I sure. think when you add more talent and you add, you know, you have, the, 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 I think the games will play out slightly different. I, I think that either and they're not going to do this, and I don't think I would do this them. If I will, you know, as as the GM, I don't think I would do it either. You would have to trade Harrison Barnes and, yeah, and really tear down even yeah. further. So, so I do think that that yeah, I was kind of hinting at that. Exactly, <laughs> I think the 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 Philadelphia model is one I respect. It's one they chose not to go. This, I believe they, they got about as far, you know, it's unfortunate the lottery odds did not fall in their favor, but, yeah, um yeah. you know, I, I think they got about as low as they can with the roster as it's kind of constructed, and I think at this point, you know, I, I, I obviously there's a difference between like a 7 pick or a 9 pick and, you know, the 14th Number, pick, yeah. something like that. That said, you know, I, I do think that it, to, to some degree we, we should be cognizant that, you know, they're not going to win the lottery. They're not going to have mm-hmm. a chance at a number one seed. They're not going to be drafting. You know, uh, you know, I'm blanking on the 2019 uh, prospects, but uh, you know, I, I I think that we're we're all cognizant of that, and, and to change that, to to have a chance at something like that, you would have to radically change sure. the direction this team yeah. is headed. Mm-hmm. I agree. So so whether the foundation is already so whether you aim late. for whether you're saving saving your ammo for the 2018 summer or want to poke around this summer. Uh, or whether you're saving your ammo for the 2019 summer with one more year of development and one year, one more year of you know trying to win but maybe not winning quite enough to to take you out of like the top eight or something like that. I think the path that this team is on is is you know pretty narrow. I think there's sure. the uh, the the directions they can head. You know they're headed in one clear direction.
3: Yeah, it's and time to start. It getting can waver better. between yeah. a little
2: bit. You can you can be in the in the far lane. You can be in the you know in the leftmost lane uh and, and just passing everyone or you know in the in the passing lane you can be in the right lane and having to break a little bit more but uh, I think you have to be in the direction they're headed
1: yeah it's time to build around Dennis and whoever they draft like yeah. it's it's that's that's it I think like I said they're gonna go kick the tires on some free agents for sure but I mean that only gets you a few more years you know and what do you do at that point like does that allow these guys to develop like are they you know the conflicting roles on the team. the The
2: only concern I have, uh, in in this is this is how I think the off season could go, is that I am afraid that the team is is not comfortable, like not competing for the playoffs. And oh, I that's think that's that's the vibe. I,
1: I absolutely. Get. I I'm
2: I, I know for a fact that they are you know very certain that they want to be a playoff team next year. Then and
3: I mean, what is. I know. That, I, 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 what the, are the worst case scenarios if that's the case? The, the
2: worst case scenario is that you sign a player who basically ruins your flexibility for the coming off seasons You go for, all for for three years. You, you go, go all in, all in all. on a an injury prone player, sure. uh, a player sure. who would be you know something like that. You go all in, in a, on an older player who doesn't fit the timeline at all. Uh, you know there are there are some players we've talked about who are like twenty eight and twenty nine year olds. Yeah. I think if you go in on a you know an early thirty year old or something like that. You know, someone with an injury history? I think that's ruining and tying down your flexibility, and and really disrupting the timeline that should be based around your encore, and now might be based around a max free agent or you know somebody you're paying a lot of money to, who you are are bringing in with the explicit purpose of you know going to the playoffs. Getting you to the playoffs. We
3: kind of like obviously I was dancing around like bigger name players, and in all reality they would be very hard to attain anyway. Um, so that might just have been a, a, a mood point, but so like, how do you guys feel? And I guess this is obviously depends on like what the contract would be, like what, how much time, how many years, and for how much money. And if we can't really put a number on it. Maybe it's hard to answer, but you know, is it just pointless, or, or not just pointless? Is it a bad idea for the Mavs to go after uh, or sign straight up sign a player along the caliber of like a. Avery Bradley. Is that is that good bad or doesn't even matter.
0: So what you're saying is like
3: a good player not a big fish but like a a medium fish. A team that plenty of teams plenty of good teams would love to have. Uh, you know, if he's healthy. And I'm not saying, I mean, Avery Bradley has some injury problems, but pretend he's healthy. Someone around that. Well, you're, just,
0: you're talking like the 77, 78 on 2k kind of guys. Exactly. Like, you yeah. you want to have a lot of those. And, and yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, and obviously they'll probably overperform a little bit on a team with less talent. Mm. Um, is it. And, and uh, like, since we said, like, since I said Avery about, like, let's say someone who maybe has a good reputation as like a professional. It's, and that doesn't have to be the big point, but it's a positive. Is that like is that good? Is that a good idea? Because you you got some mentorship and you you're gonna win some more games, or is it just a
0: bad idea? You're saying br- bring more JJ Berets into the fold essentially is what you're basically talking about. yeah. I think
2: it's situational. I think I think it depends, depends
0: on who, who the player is, what
2: whose minutes they would take,
3: whose minutes they yeah. would take,
2: yeah. uh, how many years that you would need be signing them, how much money are you losing future flexibility by signing this player who perhaps would be duplicate you know duplicate with a you know. Like Like you said, whose minutes are they taking, stuff like that. I I think it's a totally situational thing. I think that you can examine each free agent, you know, kind of in a vacuum, or I guess not in a vacuum is is the entire point that I'm trying to say. But you can examine each one individually and be like, okay, yes, no, yes, no, yes. Uh, I I generally would shy away from that this summer, uh, personally. But I think if the right situation came up, you're like, okay, this is a player who will now fit into our core, and we have a chance to sign him this summer, and we obviously will not have a chance to sign him next summer. Sure. I, I don't think that's off the table, you know, fundamentally, just as a concept. I think it just depends on who it is.
1: Yeah, well, there's one guy that I've, I've kind of taken a liking to over the years, um, Kyle Anderson. I think he'd be a really solid player on a lot of teams. He's a restricted free agent, and all signs kind of point to the Spurs are going to extend him the qualifying offer and re-sign him, but... You know, if he got away, that that would be a player that I think could come off the bench for any any team in the NBA and really contribute. Yeah, I think it's a good. There's example. always
0: going to be guys like that, like uh, Alfa Aminu, for example. It's mm. a, well, somehow I mean, he slipped to
3: minimum the year the Mavericks got him. But it's because he wasn't playing <laughs> that and I well. Mean, some, even yeah, and sometimes that just happens. Yeah. Hmm. And like, I mean, with I mean, yeah, I mean, there's and there's the players, maybe not the minimum, but there's players where. You kind of are, it's July 9th or something, and you're just kind of thinking, or or July 15th, and you're just kind of thinking, this guy is clearly going to be cheaper than, you know. Maybe that'll be like an Evan Fournier. Or a a Corey Brewer. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) well, I mean, if you think you're getting him for less than the max, (laughs) I think. (laughs) That's Doyle's guy, (laughs) for those who who don't know. Doyle's favorite player all time, probably, right? After, like, a Dirk? Probably, yeah.
2: What would happen What would happen if, if somehow you were forced to choose between him and Josh McRoberts? Let's say the two were... Oh. Both number 13s. Both clinging
0: to that cliff. And <laughs> exactly, the two, the two exactly. Most you, have, you have time, to, you have time to rescue
1: one. Man. I'm well, shocked. Taking Corey, the uh, yeah. Corey used to have a goat, so he's probably a little bit more springy on the rocks. So He's probably going <laughs> to save himself. Wow, so you're going to reach for McBob? Hey, I got two arms, man. Dude, Corey Brewer is a 2011 <laughs> champion. This was
2: this is not the uh, the hypothetical that was supposed to yeah. Feel like you yeah. cheated a bit, but this is not my podcast. So <laughs> it's
3: not. It's not. I, so don't I even. I I don't, I don't in, make the rules here. In Tim's hypothetical, one of these players is dying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you have to answer the question. Yeah. I think a lot about this NBA <laughs> players dying. So uh, basically,
0: I think what the conclusion we've come to in the last 30, 45 minutes is that team building is easy, and uh, <laughs> the Mavs path back to to contention is is very simple and it's going to be very linear as well and and rewarding for all of us where do you guys want to celebrate
2: after the championship in 2021
3: in 20 in a year from now the dirk mural i'm giving them i'm giving them one season (laughs) to jump up you know kyle anderson exactly (laughs) they just need a season to gel that's what i'm you think the warriors can guard them
2: Mm, i
0: doubt it i think the key to all of this and obviously you guys know this i'm not talking to you i'm just talking to to, the, to the, the folks at home or in the car, wherever they may be listening, is just this is going to take time. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's five years, but um, generally teams that are at the bottom return to the playoffs at some point. Uh, Sacramento is kind of an exception in recent years, but <laughs> for the most part the league is very cyclical, and as Rick Carlisle said, sometimes you have to get really bad in order to get good again. and yeah um, I mean, Sometimes I it s- takes a decade. Sometimes it takes a very long time, and I, I don't think the Mavs want it to take that long but uh yeah like you guys have said they're they're closer to being good than their record would indicate but i think clearly watching Houston and Golden State go out of for seven games they're further from the title than we might want to admit but that doesn't mean they're far from 42 wins 44 wins 48 wins you know and
3: and i mean all the reason it's so hard to talk about it is because of how important this pick is yeah we just
0: don't know until we see, yeah. we and, see what, it is.
3: and what in what they what they think about the guy that they feel the best about. You know, if they get the guy that they realistically feel best about, you know, how they feel about him going forward is how uh, that's what shapes everything. Well, know. we're not going to know how they feel about him immediately either. It's going to take some time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, this, this I franchise mean, the,
0: the is the day after
2: the draft, they're going to love whoever they get. But, oh, but sure. yes, you could
0: but feel yes. great about whoever you have, but if he can't play, he can't play too. You know, I that's, mean, that's yeah. the thing. Sometimes you just don't, especially. If they do go with the center, sometimes it takes centers for like Julius Randall, for example, had a career year a year ago. People were like, where what kind of money is he going to get? You know, and then he comes out has a career year and all of a sudden he's one of the top free agents
2: contract year. Yeah. yeah, contract year. Clint
0: Capella this year was kind of a breakout year for him. You know, Rudy Gobert, even I think he had his fourth year. He was very good. So it takes centers three, four years to to get up to speed, you know?
1: Sure, and that's why if they take one, then we kind of can see the timetable. Except the two I with. like, who are perfect and yeah, flawless.
0: Who are, who are perfect, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's going to it's gonna be a process, so just stick with us. We'll be continuing <laughs> to entertain. Should you trust it? Uh Is that what you're getting stick at? Stick with it. Please dump, dump that joke. Stick with the process. Please dump that joke. Stick with the process. Before we get out of here, we do need to look back on the last time the Mavs climbed that NBA mountain. It was also the first time that they climbed the NBA mountain. We were talking about the 2011 NBA Finals. We were recording this on June 12th. You were listening to this on June 13th, hopefully. But uh, June 12th could is the anniversary. June Maybe June 14th. Maybe even later than that. Flag day. Hey, I, I'm celebrating for sure. Um, that was the day that Dirk and the boys brought home the championship against the Miami Heat, 105-95. So I, I guess we could go many different directions with this uh I was, 20, I was 20 years old whenever the Mavs won the title, God. so I, I was still in college. Yeah, I was very young. Uh, basketball was still limitless. Like, the possibilities were endless, and, and at the time, I knew, like, kind of this was this probably wasn't going to happen again, you know, given the, the, the age of the roster and the contract situations with everybody and whatever, so it kind of, like, felt fleeting, but then at the same time, whenever you win, you feel like a mortal, you're on top of the world, and it's kind of like just whenever they lost in 06 to the Heat I was thinking man they're going to be back next year and it looked like they would and obviously they weren't but I guess all of this is a, a long way of saying like it felt really good whenever they finally won the championship and uh <laughs> yeah that
1: was a long way of saying that
0: <laughs> Yeah it was a very long way of saying that it was awesome Bobby had fun <laughs> It was awesome Yeah so I am kind of curious I don't I don't really know just like what it what, what were you guys doing during that playoff run? What was your life like? What was it like for you to watch it? What was going on in the world, in your world, as, uh,
2: as Dirk was styling all over LeBron and those guys? So I was...
1: Twelve? Um, months old. <laughs> <laughs> An infant in the womb. Uh,
2: so I... Did not watch Game Six live. Really? I was, I believe, seventeen. I was at a summer camp that I had obviously. He's awful. breaking
3: up with his high school girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, so I was, I was.
2: obviously summer. Summer camps are made long before playoff runs happen, and it was. It was never, never even crossed my mind that such a thing would would did, coincide. Did you record it on VHS? I did record it on a VHS. Uh, not VHS. I that I don't even know what those are. DVR. Uh, DVR. We we had it on DVR. So i I watched the game. You know, I knew I knew what happened. I remember telling my dad at one point that if I could guarantee they won game seven or uh, I I would actually prefer them to lose game six so I could actually, you know, witness, you know, watch it live. Did you just take one suit with you to summer camp? Did you wear all black to summer camp? That would have been amazing. They were going to close it out. I don't I don't think I really even realized that was something they were doing until later on. Yeah, I was not a very cognizant teenager. Gotcha. I didn't pick up on that. That was lot. the early. That
0: was kind of just generally like the early stages of your NBA
2: obsession. Really, I mean, you were kind of just it getting was. into the league. It all was. It was. I was. Um. You know, probably had been a fan for about four years, uh, because I picked up the I picked up the Mavericks rather late because my uh, my parents were not fans, so I had to kind of mm. become a fan on my own terms. Yep. And uh, so it was. Uh, I wouldn't really call it a regret. You know, it, it happened as as it happened. You know, it is it is funny that that you know the the one crowning moment of of this team's history i didn't actually witness for reasons that i uh, But you,
0: know, you knew the result before you
2: watched the game? I did. So what was it I like did. watching the game then? Cuz like game 6 was a w- it
0: was weird. It, it was, was not weird. a normal yeah. game. It was not it, a normal game at all. Yeah. It, it
2: was it was certainly reassuring, you know, especially yeah. in in you know a, a, if you can suspend belief or, or suspend knowledge of what happened. You watch that game it, it feels so weird you know even even knowing what happens it is a very weird feeling it's just game. weird
0: because it was, i mean dirk obviously everyone knows, he was one for 12 in the first half but it was like the bench won that game it yeah. was it was just but it was weird like they were yeah. up like five but it felt like they were up 30 i don't it was just that such Yon a weird shot yeah just yeah. weird just charges kind of, of felt like
3: a road game in the season or something you know yeah, Where it was, it was, was just like hard to get rhythm is
2: there a moment that you guys knew like, knew it was, you knew the
1: Mavericks. Kind of was wish. it the Mahimi shot? The Mahimi shot for me, for sure. Yeah. I was it's just, just kind of like, this oh my
3: God, they they might do this. Yeah. I think they're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I never had that moment because I was just too, I was too scarred to have that moment. You never wanted to like, let your guard down? I think it was more just that because it was an elimination game, literally that entire day, I was like, wow, they could win the championship today. And, like, I thought that when I woke up. And I thought it in the first quarter and then the third quarter. But, like, it really wasn't until, I mean, really, like, the last, like, minute or two. When Dirk
0: hit that layup to put him up, like, eight with 45 seconds left. Yeah, basically.
3: I mean, uh, then it was – then I just kind of blacked out. I mean, I (laughs) I couldn't even process it. You were not in Dallas, though, at the time, right? No, I was in St. Louis. um, And uh, I went to college at St. Louis University. I was a senior – um, well, I was, I had just, that was, uh, no, I had, that was the summer in between my junior and senior year. Okay. And, uh, he had a girlfriend that summer that he had to break up yeah. with. <laughs> he he well, later apologized. To I, <laughs> so actually my story of not being at a game, um, was game two, which is the big, comeback the big game. game. And, but, um, since you brought up, uh, college girlfriends, uh, my college girlfriend at the time uh had gotten just through i guess a family member gotten me six tickets to the cardinals like all you can eat and all you can drink box seats and so we went to that during the game and i was stressed out about the game and i wanted to be appreciative of of this gift um as a college so, kid, all you can eat is oh, yeah. means yeah, a lot you, more you in college than, than it does now. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to just oh, like well, a lot. there's going to be more games. It it means means a a let me let <laughs> me watch the game. And uh, two of my friends, uh, who were Cavs fans, were there, and they uh, they were watching they were watching the game on TV, and just because they were interested, and um, we're getting killed. So I just don't, you know. I don't. I'm thinking good. I'm glad I have something to distract myself. And then my friends are watching the game and they're watching the comeback. And uh, and then the Cardinals game ends, and the comeback is about to start. I was in no shape to drive, uh, and the only because you ate
0: you ate too many nachos. Too many nachos. That's, notches, that's,
3: that's all I mean. you can eat. You know all. You, and so uh, so that girlfriend was the only one of six people uh, they could drive. And so we're leaving. Bush she had Stadium. A salad. And yeah. And salad. Uh, crammed into a car, two people in the trunk of a Forerunner. And this comeback is literally taking like the duration. The comeback is happening over the duration of this car ride back. Mm. And so there's people just. We're here, it's getting closer and closer. And this are poor, your friends, Mavs fans. So they are, they were Cavs fans, so they were not Heat fans. Okay, so, so they, they were, were Cavs for Mavs. They were yeah. exactly Cavs for Mavs. And, Those are our guys. And so, um, and so there's this poor. Girl, I mean, uh, is driving with people just hit, hitting the ceiling and and screaming. Were you,
0: was it like the ABC? Bro- was it Mike Tirico calling the game or something? Who, oh who was man. on the call? I it think was, I never, was, I've never I heard this. It, it was. Was it? Yeah. No, 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 no was it was, I think was it was Tirico and I think, was T- 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 oh. And oh, I think it was QB Brown. Brown. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. B- I've never heard the radio call of that game. Were they going nuts?
3: Oh, so they were going nuts, and and we Mike Breen was like losing. We get to the parking garage, and like sometimes the radio can cut out. So, you know, my friend just says, you know, uh, tells her just park park outside, park outside. So we just park and Dirk hits the three. And then we just stay in the car and and I and it, you know, and Dirk hits the layup over Bosch and we just go crazy. Um and then this was this was my birthday. Uh this was on my birthday. Happy birthday. And so uh thank you. And so then I just went to all the bars around town and you know uh not around town Mm -hmm. near campus uh and uh it was a great feeling because st louis doesn't have a team everyone in that college is not a big school like so many people knew that i was diehard maps fan so it's just this like great feeling that i'll never forget just people buying me drinks somehow someone just had a cigar to give me at one of the bars that's awesome and so i mean it was uh, it was definitely something i'm like never gonna forget and then to be able to like have that memory, unlike 06 or 07, have that memory, and then it's attached to the eventual championship. It made it. You know, I would have, I would never have told that story again if the Mavs ended yeah, up losing. Like, uh, Dirk's
0: layup against San Antonio is a great play that we'll never forget. But yeah. they ended up losing. In the yeah,
3: finals, I, I'm, so I'm so not like, going to tell the story at, of where yeah. I was for that. But yeah, I'll remember that forever. Just like, and it's kind of that crazy thing of hearing it and having to focus on the radio uh, is, you know, when you're. Not super sober. I mean, is like that's it kind of ingrained in a way. And then getting you've to see back the highlights, and you've seen it obviously. yeah. Then you pair it with that that memory. I mean, it was I like it was. i would definitely never forget it. Mm.
0: Doyle. So I want to preface asking Doyle for his uh, tales from the run by saying that you've told me before. I believe when they lost in two thousand seven. It might have been when they lost in two thousand six, but I believe it was in two thousand seven. Your reaction to them getting kicked out of the playoffs. Was going and laying down in the middle of the road. Yeah, so, that was that was 2007. So you're pretty you're pretty low with the lows. I'm gonna assume you're pretty high with the highs.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like 2006 was pretty bad too because th- this is back when I was in college. I'm a little bit older than these guys, and yeah. So and I went I went to school just at the University of North Texas, so it it was very heavily Dallas based, except for one Whataburger trip where it was full of miami heat fans during the 06 finals did you get in and a fight with how no, many of them? How no many? it was like the entire whataburger was full and i had to drag my friend out of there while he was trying to fight everyone which <laughs> you know i respect him for that but he was also like 5-5 five five, so he didn't need to be starting that fight uh, he was expecting yeah. you to back him up because you're you're a, a much bigger fella yeah a little bit uh so yeah, I, I I had some low lows. I grew up with the team in the '90s. Uh, that was that was tough. And so uh, honestly, I got to a point where I never thought I'd see it. Like honestly, I, that's just where I was. And I think I I'm not alone in that. And then they just kept winning and winning. And then I was like, I think they're just gonna do this. I don't care about this super team in Miami. This is, I mean. They already beat us once, so let's – uh, got him this time. And uh, so I ended up with just, you know, game six, I remember. I honestly just watched it with my best friend, and we drank really nice whiskey.
0: Were you at the, home or were you at a bar?
1: I was – no, I was at his place. Okay. And watching on a big old TV with surround sound, it was kind of nice. I don't have amenities like this, so <laughs> it's it's a, it's a it's a joy to enjoy them. Uh, and yeah, and then they won. I cr- teared up a little bit, but uh, for the
3: parade, huh? What did, did I mean? Did we all cry? Let's like let all be real here. No, uh, I almost, definitely did almost, I did. but I did not. I, did I don't not. recall. I truthfully. cried in two thousand six. I definitely cried in two thousand six. I, I I cried. You cried too. Though. Yeah, I cried.
0: I think uh, I got I got misty in the kitchen once my mom had gone to bed and I was like by myself. I was just looking out the window. It was very like very Hollywood. I, well, it was. But, uh, I did, think
3: it was so hard not to process Dirk's thing where he yeah. ran the tunnel and not like and then not do that exact same thing. Did
2: anyone go, like, buy seven hundred dollars worth of championship gear?
3: No,
1: I'm not Jason Gallagher. No, but I went out that, 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 that is
2: the famous. I bought a
3: Jason Terry jersey like it's that. The night. famous
2: Jason Gallagher story of his. Uh, I have a championship beer of, of the Ringer Zone.
0: Yeah. Did you go out on the town after they won? Because uh, you were, well, Johnny, you were of drinking age, but Doyle, you were definitely also, you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all due respect, but you were, what, 25? 20, or no, when they won, how old were you, 28, 27?
1: 27 or 28. Okay, so you yeah. were, yeah,
0: so you were well-versed with uh, lower and upper Greenville and uptown and Deep Ellenbottom. Yeah. Um, Where'd you go?
1: I don't think I went out that night, honestly. I went out. During the parade. And Did you, were you at the parade? Were, I was at the any parade. Were you guys at the... So Doyle, you were at the parade? No, I was, I was at the, the parade. Okay, I was, I was. I, uh... Yeah, I went out with some friends the night before, and they lived at uh, Southside on Lamar, and so we just walked over from there, and we're all, you know... I'm with one of my buddies who I started my, you know, blog with years and years ago, and... Actually, we started it the year before the championship. I've just known him for that long. Uh, <laughs> but we're we're in like a I think he's wearing a kid but he's wearing like the green like the newer kid and I have my like rookie away kid on and like we're walking over 30 and cars are just like honking like crazy and we're just like yeah and like there's a <laughs> whole group of us we get to the parade and we have a pretty good time we were really confused by the fact that Jamie Foxx was in the parade
0: yeah he just kind of claimed the Mavs. That's I think no Jamie Fox there. is
1: kind. of... Isn't he from? He's, he's from, from Tyler. Texas, Tyler. Yeah. yeah. I think he just wanted to claim. He he seems to like claim sporting. No, events. dude, it's not as bad as Drake. I would claim that team too. Sure, I mean, why not? That was a great team. Yeah. Uh, and then we uh, then we uh, went to City Tavern afterwards and had a lot of nachos. Oh yeah, no no chef salads there. <laughs> no no chef salads. At oh at City that's great. Tavern. Yeah
0: my my stories from that playoff run include uh, in game three of OKC, which is the game that they they went up like 26 to 2 or something in. They just had this huge lead. Uh, our TV crapped out, and, and to that point, we were still rocking the standard def, like big, hefty, square picture sure. TV, and it crapped out. So we actually had to pull out a 19-inch a TV and watch that game with a like a magnifying glass over the TV screen so we could see it. Wow. And uh, we went out actually to Is a the science uh, check out on that. No, no, no it's, a, it's, it's like a it was like a thing. My dad pulled it out. He'd had it since like the seventies. I don't know. It was it was awful. So what I think Earth. like at halftime or something <laughs> we got went a telescope. <laughs> <laughs> we that was, went to the roof. No, so like at halftime or something we went to Best Buy. We bought a TV. So we just got an. A- so my first HD TV experience was watching the Mavs beat the Thunder in the playoffs. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, game two of the finals, I missed that. one. W- first half of that game because I was at a knife skills cooking class with my mom. <laughs> you I don't got have her, to. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't care. I don't care. I got it for her for Mother's Day. That was like my gift to her for us to go. Or maybe she had got it for me for my birthday or something because Mother's Day and my birthday are like right around the same time. And um, at the time, I was wanting to get more into cooking because I was in college. You know, I, I wanted to take care of myself. And neither of us thought, surely, first off, they'll be in the finals. Second, there will be a finals game at the same time that we're at this class. And it turns out, obviously, there was. So I missed the first half, got home in time to see them smoked, and I was very upset. And then, obviously, they made the comeback. And then game six, watched it from my home. And, um, yeah, once Mahimi made that jumper is kind of when I was like, this is going to happen. But none of us – it was just me and my family. We, like, locked ourselves in the house. Nobody else was allowed. Everyone knows uh, we're a Mavs family. Obviously, I work here. My mom worked here for 30 years before I did. So – Everyone wanted to like kind of be part of it with us. we were like, no, 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 don't. And uh, none of us were saying anything. And then when Dirk hit that layup from Kid with I don't know fifty seconds left, that was when we kind of knew, like this is gonna happen. And uh, after the game, we chugged a bottle of champagne. And I was underage. Just want to say that,
2: yeah, I was twenty. This is on the record. I drank some champagne. Calling the FBI right now.
0: No statute of limitations there. And then uh, because I had parents in Texas. Well, fine, then I'm not as cool as I thought. <laughs> and then, because I drank like a half a bottle of champagne, my mom wouldn't let me drive to Applebee's to hang out with my friends. So my friends came and picked me up, and we were all underage. We went out to Applebee's and had Dr. Pepper that night. That is how you we celebrated the, the championship. dollar
1: margaritas they're so famous for. Well,
0: I, none of us were 21. We couldn't. We literally could not. We were the only people in that restaurant that were like even remotely sober. It was crazy. But, I mean, uh, I think
1: that's just Applebee's any night of
3: the week. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what day of the year, <laughs> man. <laughs> but, uh,
0: yeah, no, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. That was a great time. That was a great time.
3: It was, yeah. It was so, I mean, in, in the whole playoff run, I mean, like getting over, I mean, the Brandon Roy game, I, I think oh, uh, yeah. I definitely yeah. said, I mean, I definitely thought they were going to get eliminated based yeah, I on that game. That was it for it me. felt like a here we go again thing. I oh, wrote an article against, about uh, that for Lakers. Tim's. Lakers.
0: Brewer against the Lakers was your one shining moment.
1: Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Uh, I was I was really confident they'd sweep the Thunder though. I that was like I was like this is a sure thing sweep. I mean, and they beat them in 5, but I just I just had a feeling at that point.
0: It was a, it was a more competitive series than you think. You know, yeah. all those games were really close. But yeah, I kind of like I thought that the winner of Mavs Lakers and that's the thing this whole time I was like, yeah, they whatever. I thought the winner of the Mavs Lakers series was going to win the title. And then whenever the Mavs won, I was like, well, I mean, you know, just because I said that doesn't mean it's true. And then they, they, you know, took the Thunder out and won that one and five. And then I'm like, well, they're in the finals against the Heat. They might have a harder time against the Bulls than they would against the Heat. But uh, I don't know. The Heat are really good. And then they win game two. And I'm like, well, I don't know. That's not going to happen. And then they're up three, two. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, he, he hit a jumper. But things happen all the time. It's like you just never want to. You never let yourself believe.
3: Game one, the, the Heat flexed on them. Pretty yeah, they good. did. I mean, they, they were it, they looked pretty dominant, and, and it did feel like because that was that first year of that Super Team. Uh, oh, it was kind of one of those things like, oh, we probably this team probably can't be beat. Yeah, you know, that's just it's not even like a disappointment thing in yeah, your team. Like it's just, just kind of like good. oh, it's like yeah. watching the Warriors. Yeah, uh, but that's what makes it so much. And the fact, I mean, they were we about to be down two zero. Yep. And they won that series in six. Yeah, it's dude, pretty crazy. How
0: low were you after as Wade is, uh, LeBron's punching Wade in the stomach and they're doing all that right in front of the bench? That's like the lowest moment of your life, I think. It's I'm speaking for all of you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've, I don't remember that game. I don't think you know how you know many low
3: moments I've had in my <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. I thought
0: that was it. I mean, it was like, man, okay, this is over. You're going to be down 2-0. I mean, that's the moment
3: when Terry became a legend. Yeah, it is.
0: You went eight points signed. down the stretch. He scored the next six, and then Jump. it was jumper, jumper, two free throws. Uh, Yeah, jumper, jumper, two free throws, Marion layup, I think another Terry jumper, a kid three, and then Dirk, Dirk, Dirk. That Dirk three, by the way, whoo. Oh, we, yeah. have, we have a that, shot that of that, that in the conference room. That Tyson Tyson Peck. stack. Oh, screen in yeah. transition, man. They were, they were in some beautiful basketball, man. For, I, I wrote this article on our on our site today just about all the other guys. Yeah, it's great. Thank Everybody you, Everybody should check it out. And uh, so I went back and watched all those playoff games and, like, dude, they did so many cool things that, like, back then I just wasn't really paying attention to because I wasn't, you know, I didn't
3: care about it that much. It was like I was
0: emotionally invested, not so much, like, uh, from an X to no standpoint, but they were – that was a smart team.
3: Is this uh, – I mean, is this a conversation worth having? I mean, it's – Silly to have any of these conversations, but, like, while we're on this high and kind of just talking about how great that team is, I mean, does anybody feel, like, want to make the case that, of how they'd fare against this these Warriors? Oh, that's hard. Uh, can't why, why would we do that? <laughs> is, yeah, I mean, why w- why would we subject ourselves to that? It's a different, it's a different, different sport. Yeah. Almost that they were playing. It's back. True. they would
2: lose horribly. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. like I look mean. at so. Okay, so <laughs> I, mean, is that I think game six, right against Miami, we thought it was just weird. Like it was a weird game. Mm-hmm. That's like how Golden State plays all the time. Just like this weird kind of like half broken, mm-hmm. just like kind of out of control, but they're under control. But it's just kind of out of co- like that Warriors-Rocket series was not. Like aesthetically well, pleasing, it was just like out of control. Yeah, it's
3: but I mean, the, the only reason I brought that up is because, and maybe, maybe you'll say the same thing about this. But I would contend that that Mavs team could could play with this year's Rockets team, and 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 fair. I would well. be curious to see it. I, I don't, you know, I mean, don't. I think that Harden would obviously, Harden's great, and so Harden would be great, but I don't think that he would have some huge advantage against that Mavs team. I think that's a defense that, can, that could play Harden very well. Stevenson you've and got, Marion. You've got and Stevenson and Marion and Kidd did. who are all good defenders, and you've got a rim protector. Hmm. I mean, like, what, Dirk was the only weakness on that defense, and he was was average. But, was, like, if we're
2: playing that game, like, that is Houston's entire point as a... As an offense is to find those mismatches. I mean, I don't want to get too far into the X's and O's of what you're the Rockets did. To but honestly, put Tyson in the pick and roll. Times, yeah, tough, right? yeah, pick and roll. I don't they think they Tyson mean. could have defended James Harden yeah, in space. Well,
0: yeah, back then you
2: were defending, you
0: were defending differently because no one was. Pulling right, on it was a totally, totally. totally yeah, 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 it was just so. It's it was weird watching them play because they're steering everybody to the rim. Like their goal was to get people into Tyson. Right. And they wanted to stay in front of you, force some turnovers and stuff too. But like, yeah, it was just a totally different game. Totally different game. Like the league average for three-point attempts that year, I think was like 18 per game, and the league average this year was like 29. Yeah, I mean, it's just oh, so, it's so different.
1: With the Rockets
2: averaging about 42, I think. Yeah, yeah, 42. Is that right? even more. Maybe even more.
0: Yeah, might
1: have been slightly more. It was in point, the 40s. The, the Rockets pick and rolled Dirk like crazy, like a few years ago in the playoffs with uh, what Josh Smith. Exactly, was, and the, yeah, and yeah, they, they did it awesome. with, with a, a 4 yeah. cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they that, that was just brutal. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: although like that series and obviously four one is pretty lopsided, but that series was a little closer than that, really. I mean that there game was, three they lost like by they two, I won think. Game yeah, they should yeah. won game three and maybe if you win game three you don't win game four, who knows? But uh yeah, game two was close until the the pick and roll disaster in the fourth quarter, and obviously game two was kinda has an asterisk on it for another reason too. But um yeah. I I don't think that was an inappropriate question to ask, but I just think it's a it's yeah impossible conversation to have. you just can't it's yeah. hard to talk about, that about different eras um my hottest take about that team is that there is no second best player on that team or second most important player like everybody w- was equally important and i know that's a participation trophy attitude to have but if you take terry off that team they don't win if you take tyson off the team they don't win if you take beret off that team they don't win like everybody it's mattered fair. yeah way more than on i think on your average title team but johnny one question that you posed that was pretty interesting is if you're buying one of those guys who's not dirk they walk into your bar who are you buying a beer for first
3: yeah i think that's yeah i think or yeah they all i I think
0: that's a better way of saying who's the second best player because this is like who's your guy well i
3: think and you could even if you wanted you could just open it up to Mavs all the time i mean i think uh and i basically i mean obviously if Dirk is just number one, and that's obvious. But, yeah, I mean, if, if they all walk into the... You know, everybody has that. So Every fan of their team has that. Like There's plenty of players. If they walked in, you would want to buy them a beer. You want to be able to say, I bought so-and-so a beer because they brought you all that joy. I mean... Uh, so
0: here's $6.50 worth of thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: It's, uh, you know, we're even. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think if they all walked in and you could only buy one of them a beer, like, what kind of order would we go in? And I... I think Dirk obviously is Dirk is number one, one. except for Doyle. Corey Brewer is number one for (laughs) Dirk. After and and we can talk about the order, but I think I think we can talk about three on in ranking. But to me, if you're factoring everything, if you've been a Mavs fan for for over a decade, maybe two decades or more even, then I think the answer is definitely Jason Terry. I mean, and there's a lot of reasons. I mean, is he? I actually don't know. Is he the, the longest tenured? Teammate Dirk ever had?
0: Uh, probably. I think he's be, he was right? here from 04 to twelve. I can't so imagine anyone who's ever played. Yeah. Could be Devin
2: Harris, though not consecutively. Yeah, Devin Harris maybe. Um, but I mean that's it's a huge Baraya, honor. Actually, like, Beret. Baraya. yeah, Beret has been here eleven has, years. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Years. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean well, that. that so you said like all time, like I mean that's a. I I, th- I think it's and like I would imagine record. I would imagine like the player like if if the player is presented with these stakes like they would also, see, <laughs> they would also see it as a huge honor though like they would be like okay you you have like been poring over this question for a while and so like well, if I, you choose me like it's big and that's why.
3: Well, I think one thing that you could I don't I think it's a small right, factor, right. but I think what you could you could factor in like a little bit of. Who would be fun to have that beer with?
2: Well, that's why I picked Dominique Jones. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. <I> d- <laughs> <laughs> this isn't that I hard. Come on, this. guys. I would this. you recognize <laughs> Dominic Jones if you walked
2: into the bar? Um, would you recognize him
1: over the Ager?
3: I think one thing too. I don't know. One of no the Ager reasons I wanted like, to say Terry music, is because yeah. I think a lot yeah, of Grammy. fans. Like, maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of fans would still answer that question, Steve Nash. And I think that you objectively have to put Terry, too. And then you could talk about putting Nash ahead of people on the title. I
0: think that's more for a longing of what could have been. But,
3: like, Jed is, like, the what was. But Terry, Terry, I mean, I'm sorry, Nash, I mean, people just loved Nash so much. Mm, I mean, people just, people, like, I think Nash was more people's favorite map than anybody besides Dirk. I, I, I would imagine. A
0: lot of my friends like Nash more than Dirk. Yeah, Back then. and at that
3: yeah, at that time, I'm sure it was very close. It's I mean, split it's, down the middle, yeah. yeah, I think Andy to, would be very fun to have a beer with. He would be. Yeah, I think you have to recreate the loon, and then you can. Ha- That's no, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean yeah, and there's just those. If you live in Dallas, you've heard the stories of Dirk and, yeah, and Nash. Nash at the I mean, at the so, okay, so Doyle, if if you know, if I'm taking number two off the table, if I'm putting Terry two, mm-hmm. who, who's and and any other all the Mavericks walk in, who's number three for you? <laughs>
1: I mean,
0: that's tough, man. Or do you feel passionately enough about somebody else to knock Terry off?
3: Yeah, if you yeah, if you want to make the case, you can knock off Terry. No, I'd think... be wrong, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, why are you booing me? <laughs> I am right. <laughs> 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 I, th- I think like if if we're gonna like go
1: historically, maybe Blackman. Okay. Yeah, just Is because that what
3: you feel when you well, like, but, so you would buy that beer? Yeah. What or if it's like I your mean, life? Because you answered that in a, a way I'm that didn't feel like those guys walked into and you took the beard to away. I mean I
1: have less connection to like the 80s Mavericks than I do like anything else okay uh, this is a personal question though yeah um. this is a weird question
2: <laughs> no it's not it's amazing it was a
1: very weird framing of <laughs>
2: Just a weird way to frame what is the who are the greatest mavericks in your eyes? It's not greatest oh, yeah. though; it's favorite, yeah, right? It's but like, I mean, it kind of is. It's just, it's like just, it has devolved into who is like the greatest in your eyes. Like that is essentially no. who do you feel no, most indebted who would you
3: wanna, to? Who would you, I mean? And
2: then why did you laugh at me when I said Dominic Jones. Like this is a very personal so opinion would, that I've been well, cultivating for years. Well, I you would actually
3: do it. I think yeah. you would. You would not go near him. With as,
2: a, uh, as a as a long time Dominic Jones fan, I just I mean, don't appreciate your disbelief in, in who I would buy beers for. The two players I've been most Where did Dominic Jones go to college? You know what? Let's not worry about the first time details <laughs> like that.
3: <laughs>
1: I mean, obviously the two players I'd be most passionate about buying a beer for are Corey Brewer and Josh McRoberts in that order. That's, okay. That's, there we go. Just there it.
3: we go. I like see and that's a good answer. Yeah. Me, but like but how like, happy would Doyle be to buy Corey Brewer? A beer? That would make your life, dude. Oh, oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Like he, it I I could just like go off in like to the the sweet
3: ether and like just
0: You would float exist. away like the Red Bull guy.
3: I mean, yeah, I would. <laughs> well, so, so Bobby, who would you buy a beer first, Tyson Chandler or Sean Marion? Ooh. Uh,
0: well, I would definitely buy Jet... Oh, see, you know, I, if it's between those two, uh, I think I'm going Marion because I think he'd be more fun to drink with. And he was there longer, And he maybe? was there a little longer. He had more and memories. Seeing, yeah, seeing, well, I mean, Tyson was here in 14, 15, so I, I was around those guys for one year each. But uh, sure. I don't know. I just really respect Marion. I think I, his game is so unorthodox. Uh, I think that he's like way underappreciated. Uh, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, which is a very hot take. Um, and he's
1: cool no, enough I- to go drink a double wide, so you know. Yeah.
0: So and, yeah, and and he hangs out at Lake Louisville. Like I don't know. Marion <laughs> is just—he's so cool. He's just cool. And Tyson is awesome too. Choosing between those two is impossible because, like, dude, I you, I you respect Tyson Chandler so much. But yeah, I think that. The only person that would threaten jet and number two for
3: me is Jason Kidd. Okay, so I yeah. okay, so Tim, would you like, I mean, he kind of put it out there, so would you what about between Kid and Nash, who would you buy beer for first? Tim doesn't like this question at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's been making I'm a sour face. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, just, I'm, I'm
2: growing. I'm growing quite hungry. Is, is oh more wow! My Ooh, wow. <laughs> Big time when I was. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, sorry. There are too many
0: tender matches <laughs> to pay attention.
2: I never watched Nash on the Mavericks. You know, I wasn't watching the team in okay. Okay. 2003, and that 2004. Kind of yeah. I, I never felt like I had a personal connection to Jason Kidd. I was never, you know, like obviously he means a lot, is important, but it, you know, if buying a drink is obviously as as we debated, is it's a very personal decision that we're debating here. So I never had a personal connection to him. I mean, I guess it'd be like probably Jason Terry and Tyson Chandler in some order. Okay. What about would like would more recent guys like uh, Monte,
0: for example, factor in that conversation? Uh, or
2: I, I would say that once you get past the obvious ones, I, I there's almost niche people that I would you know like yeah. I, I was always like uh, kind of as I became a fan, you know, I there are so much hopes and dreams put on really ridiculously in retrospect, but like, oh my God, Gerald Green, you know, what What a what a cool player. And then okay. he oh, literally man, dropped man, out of yeah. the league after that. Uh, Roddy B is a bit more obvious answer in that yep. r- in that respect. But, you know, there's a lot put on Roddy B as well. And, you know, that was also, you know, someone who, you know, who is an awful interview, but as, as I, uh, I did try to interview him once, very poor at that. But uh, you know, actually getting a drink with him in a in a you know unfiltered setting, I wonder if that would be uh, you know cool to me just because of what these people meant to a very young Tim, who thought that every young player who ever showed any glimpse of being you know having potential gonna was going to be the next star. Yes, yeah. correct. For me, exactly.
0: Yeah, after after the the title team, it would, it would go into guys like Aminu, Jay Crowder, um, guys that I just really liked to yeah have beast around. yeah.
3: And I think it'd, it'd be interesting too. Is like which players? I mean, I guess we could maybe. Like, if we kind of just eliminate, if we did post 2000, mm. uh, like, or yeah, Nick put Van Axel. Ra- yeah, exactly. Yeah, Which players definitely. were so awesome that weren't on the title team would start surpassing players that, you know, like Nick Van Exel, buying Nick Van Exel a beer would just be the coolest thing.
0: That would thing be the coolest me. thing. Ever. I mean, I can't
3: imagine, like, who that knows me wouldn't hear that story 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh yeah i mean monte uh fi- i mean we didn't even say finley yeah finley who
0: is in many ways responsible for the mavs getting dennis so his contributions didn't just stop on the floor sure. he's now helping build this team
3: yeah exactly yeah yeah
1: i he's think a, uh deshaun stevenson a little bit of a dark horse i mean there. that would be yeah that, i think that'd be just fun. that would be the story i'm surprised <laughs> you didn't see
0: him after the parade honestly i mean just about
1: town uh, he was uh wandering around a parking lot in irving i believe you you were
0: wandering around several parking lots as well, i'm just guessing
1: i mean just the streets in downtown man to maine yeah yeah sure Couple others
0: okay so uh this has gone into hour number three so i think Jeez. time is uh <laughs> time's about right to to hang up and listen to something else. So, before we get out of here, I just want to say thank you, gentlemen, uh, for joining me for seven podcasts worth of conversations. Uh, where can we find you on the internet? Where can we find uh, your personalities on maybe social media? Where can we read stuff that you do, watch stuff that you do? Um, advertise yourself here for me. Starting <laughs> with Tim. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh i am uh tim underscore kato on on twitter that's C A T O. uh you can obviously read me at the athletic uh you know it is a subscription-based site but i would highly recommend it there's Tremendous a special though right you can there is a discount there is in fact there's a I, there's a 40 discount on my twitter i think pinned to the top but i think you can even get 50 percent right now so you know a oh, wow. lot of a lot of discounts happening I, I would say it's absolutely worth it uh beyond that if you haven't read my book you know i'd, I'd love for you to Purchase a copy of that. A hundred things Mavericks fans. Should Honestly, do just they die. just
0: reading about the 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 last chapter. Basically, tell talk a little bit about that. That's the last on, chapter that's worth the price of admission. The
2: last chapter is a oral history of the twenty four hours following Game Seven. So it starts with Dirk basically running off the floor. Game Six, you mean? Sorry, Game Six. Uh, running off the floor into the locker room, crying, refusing. You know, briefly refusing to come back out to accept his uh, Finals MVP trophy. Uh, so I talked to uh, most everyone involved in that. Uh, you know Dirk and and Rick Carlisle and uh, I think uh, uh, Tyson Chandler's in there and and Donnie Nelson and a bunch of names like that. Uh, then it goes on to the club uh, and it, it kind of it, you know it goes on to even the team plane uh, coming back from Miami the, the next morning. So there's a lot in there. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done, and uh, I think it's uh, worth worth the price of the book. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a good read, man. It's just like eight bucks on Amazon now, so pretty mm. cheap. Thanks for joining us, Tim Doyle.
1: Yes. Spotlights on you. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Kobe Beef, all one word. That's where all my basketball stuff is. My personal account's all just city politics and transit. And you housing. don't want to follow them. You don't really want to get into the I weeds enjoy it with personally, me. but <laughs> I do as well. If you
0: really care about Dart, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah it's, that's true. I, ri- I do write Dart every day. Um, but yeah, and then I have my words at. Uh, WFA.com and their sports section, obviously. And then also at Mavs Moneyball, where I will have stuff occasionally. Some of it's dumb. Some of it's uh, interesting. None
0: of it's dumb. All of it's interesting. Right, thanks, Doyle. Go. Thanks, Doyle. Johnny, let's take it to
1: you or send it to you or
0: whatever.
3: Toss it to you. Um, you can talk now. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, I'm uh, Johnny Opping, J-O-N-N-Y-A-U-P-I-N-G. Um and yeah, if you want basketball uh, I'm at Real GM uh, and then non-basketball stuff, I'm kind of all over the place um, I write New Yorker lets me write some jokes for them uh, I interview authors uh, about really cool, interesting books for long reads and uh, and then I just pop up wherever. You got a um, newsletter Yeah, I have I have a newsletter You can go to my Twitter and subscribe to it It's not just my stuff, it's I think I've uh, I think I've um, sort of shared stuff from all three of these guys and other great reads that you can find in podcasts. So yeah, um, that's pretty much it.
0: Thank you, Johnny. Like I said, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Doyle. Thanks all three of you for joining me talking Mavs. Uh, big week coming up for the Mavs. Draft is next week. Free agency is the week after that. Summer league is the week after that. So this is the busy time of year that we're coming up on. So it's fun to talk about it and think about it. Um, we will catch you guys next week on numbers on the boards. We got a big guest before the draft is gonna be a uh, national guy and our buddy Jonathan Charles will be joining us on the podcast. And then after that of course is all our draft coverage so make sure you stay tuned for all of that. Thank you guys and we will see you then for later.